Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. I am so excited to interview my good friend, Dr. JJ Peterson. We're going to be talking about StoryBrand and the StoryBrand framework. I take credit for the success of the StoryBrand book because we did the book launch party at our house. Donald Miller, who was the original author, wasn't going to do a book launch. And we we're like, Don, are you crazy? We got to launch this book. We launched it at our house and I think it's gone on to sell a million copies or I think it sold a million copies. So that's all because of where Don hosted his book launch party. And that night I got to meet Dr. JJ Peterson, who now is the head of StoryBrand. He's also the host of the Chart Topping Marketing Made Simple podcast. And JJ is an amazing guy. So he has a PhD in communication. He spent the last 20 years studying and teaching communication theory. He's also an adjunct professor at the Owen School of Business at Vanderbilt University. And these guys are involved in so much with, you know, helping politicians and filmmakers and business owners and academia. I mean, StoryBrand has become mainstream. And it was like, I can't believe we haven't actually had you back on the show in such a long time. Never. JJ's never been on the show. So we have to do this. Dr. JJ Peterson, welcome to the show, brother. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, we still to this day, absolutely give you 100% credit for that <laughs> book selling a million. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. We, uh, we're going to start charging a package. Like if you just want to sell a million copies, you can host your book party at the Vaden Villa. I um, will give you a testimony right now. I will give <laughs> you, we can record a testimony and make it happen. So, I mean, obviously I feel like StoryBrand has become mainstream, pervasive, it's become a verb that people use, like you got to story brand it. But if someone's listening and they've they've never heard of the book story, building a story brand, what is story brand exactly? Like take us there. Well, it kind of all goes back to when Donna Miller, who was a, you know, he was an author and had written a bunch of, you know, best-selling books and most of them were memoirs. And he ended up putting on this conference where he was inviting people to come and kind of become the hero of their own stories, to like basically create these life plans, find purpose in their life. And, you know, he'd sold millions of books at that point. And so they were like, yeah, the conference is a no brainer. He rented out an auditorium for about 1500 people and sold 700 seats for the first event, and which was great, profitable, wonderful. And got great reviews. And then all of a sudden, the next time the conference came around, they're like, well, we'll sell out this time. And sold about 700 seats again. And through the process, began to realize that they weren't able to actually articulate the value of the conference. Like Mm -hmm. people were coming because they knew Don. They were coming because they'd heard from friends, just word of mouth. 
but it wasn't growing because nobody could actually articulate the value or why people needed it or anything in the conference itself. So Don actually went off to a cabin to try to kind of figure out what his next book was going to be. As he and does. He, he As he does. As he just disappears to the cabin <laughs> and comes out with another bestseller. Pisses me I off. Know. Like, I'm so... I know. It is a bit annoying. His genius is a bit (laughs) annoying in that way. But he goes off and he kind of, he gets distracted and starts watching movies. And he (laughs) he tells the story, you know, and he really, he had been studying story for a while, been, uh, he had written a screenplay and he began to realize that, you know, there really was formula to all movies, formula to all stories. Mm. And in the moment, what he started realizing is what if we could apply story frameworks, which really were, you know, like they're powerful mediums, you know, movies are making millions of dollars. Story has been studied for centuries and there are rules to story. And he thought, well, what if we could take these rules and move it out of the screenwriting space and actually put it into marketing and through that position the customer as the hero of the story instead of what most businesses do is position themselves as the hero. And so he began to change his marketing for the conference and position the customer as the hero, was able clearly to articulate how it worked, uh, clearly articulate how the conference was going to benefit them, help them survive and thrive, all these things that you do in marketing. And the next conference did not spend any money on marketing. The very next conference sold out, Mm -hmm. then went to a bigger venue, sold out, went to a bigger venue, sold out. And he began to realize that when companies or thought leaders or authors were able to actually articulate the value of what they bring to the table in a way that through their marketing positions, their customers, the hero, that both people win out. Because if a thought leader actually has something that's going to change people's lives or a business has something that's going to change people's lives – then it actually, it does not serve the world (laughs) if nobody knows why they need it or what they're supposed to do with it when they get it, right? And so he wanted to start helping people clarify their message using story as the foundational framework so that companies and thought leaders could actually communicate more clearly their value proposition. They could position their audience or their customers as the hero, and ultimately they could grow their companies. And so that's kind of how it started. And since then, we've worked with thousands and thousands all over the world. I know you guys do. And it's funny because it's like one of the toughest questions for people to answer. And I'll say for mission-driven messengers, like for personal brands, right? Like the people that we serve are these like Oftentimes, they're almost like these bleeding heart. I want to change the world. I want to help people. And then someone asks them, what do you do? (laughs) And they just fall apart, right? It's like, it takes 40 minutes to explain what, because they're like, well, I have a nonprofit and I have this methodology that I've created and I've worked over here in this country. And, you know, I sometimes with educational institutions and sometimes with corporate people and, you know, like, or they just go, I don't know, like, it's so much. Like, how do I communicate that? quickly and succinctly. And, you know, I remember the first time I read, you know, I still have the, one of the galleys, one of the advanced reader copies of StoryBrand and marked the whole thing up. And I called Don and I was like, dude, this is going to be a game changer because it's, I mean, why do you think we have such a hard time, JJ, communicating? Like when someone asks you, what do you do? And you're on an airplane or, you know, you're at a dinner party or whatever, a networking event. It's like, what do you do? Like, why do we fumble that up so much? 
I think some of it, if I'm really digging in, some of it is trying to, it's insecurity and also trying to be humble. Like there's two things in that, like there's some insecurity about what you do. So you start fumbling through that or you're trying to be, you don't want to come across as cocky. And so you're trying to be humble in that. And what we've just found with all of that and what I would say is that when you try to shrink in what you have to offer the world by, you don't want to come across too cocky, like you're insecure about the fact that you can make a difference. When you actually shrink in that moment, not only are you not serving yourself, but you're not serving the world. You're not serving your potential customers because if you actually have experience, if you have things that you figured out along the way that can help make people's lives better and easier, and you lack confidence in your way of communicating that, what you're doing is by shrinking, you're actually not serving people. And so we teach people how to explain that. The whole story brand framework really is, there are seven talking points really that are essential to every good story. And these, like I said, have been studied for centuries. They go all the way back to Aristotle and Plato, who argued that the best way to move people to action, the best way to change culture was through story. If you go back, you know, all the way to poetics, you know, it's you like- You guys better be careful. I'm just afraid it. that Aristotle is going to bring a plagiarism lawsuit against Don here. <laughs> and I, I don't know if we should be sharing that. We cite him. We cite so, him. Okay, yeah. we cite so him. So okay. we definitely cite our sources. You tag him. But, you tag him on Instagram. 100%. Okay. Hashtag Aristotle poetics. Okay. (laughs) You know, and the formulas have been refined over the years, but really every good story has seven elements to it, seven talking points. There's a formula. And when you follow that formula, what you do is you ensure that your story actually is clear and compelling. That's really what we're looking for when we're trying to create good stories is it has to be clear and it has to be compelling. And so the seven elements, okay, do you so want me to on. go into no, those? Or? I do want to go into those. But before we do that, you know, you've touched on this idea that I think one of the big mantras of story brand and one of the thing that works really well, and one of the reasons why we believe in it and like we've become such emphatic fans about it is the idea that you as the business owner, as the mission-driven messenger, you as the marketer, you are not the hero. The customer is the hero. And I just want to connect this back to what you were talking about shrinking. When people shrink themselves or they want to be humble, the reason they're doing that is because they think the conversation is about them or they're making the conversation about themselves. And I think a huge, like the big central thing is to go, if the conversation is not about you, if the goal of the conversation is not to impress the other person, but to simply help the other person, to serve the other person. Now, all of a sudden, there's no reason to shrink because it's like you're showing up as like the best helper in the world versus like the most important person in the world. And so I just wanted you to talk on that part a little bit because I think, you know, the tactics of StoryBrand are super practical and actionable. I want to talk about the seven points. But to me, the real heartbeat is this idea that a customer is the hero. Yes. And, you know, you would never see, well, let me just say this. We all wake up pretty much every day as the main character of our own story, right? That just really is how it is. Like you're the main character of your movie. I'm the main character of my movie. And so we're all kind of walking through life. And in my head, I have abs that are more defined than what I actually see. But like, I wake up, you know, I think of myself as like Brad Pitt, but you know. 
It's not. Oh, you are. You are. I get what you're saying. Keep. keep Yeah. 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 In my version, I'm six, two and I'm really five, three. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but we all are heroes of our own story. And what happens in good movies is that the hero actually in all movies is actually one of the weakest characters in the story. And they have a lot of self-doubt. They make a lot of mistakes. They are up and they are down and they're insecure through the whole thing. They don't actually become the strong hero till the end of the movie. That's what the hero's journey is all about, is becoming the hero. But in the beginning of the movie and the rest of the movie, they're actually very weak and insecure and scared and ill-equipped. But at some point in the movie, in a good story, they meet a guide. They meet somebody who has been down the path that they're trying to go down before, but they've also won the day. So in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is the hero, but he comes in contact with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. In Lord of the Rings, there's Frodo, but then there's Gandalf. In Hunger Games, there's Katniss, but then there's Hamish. There's always this older, wiser guide who comes along to help the hero win the day. And when thought leaders position themselves as the hero. And what I mean by that is when you start talking, quote unquote, about just yourself, making the conversation about you, what you're actually doing is positioning yourself as weak because you're positioning yourself as a hero in the story. The best people who are equipped to help other people win are always the guides. And guides are confident. They are strong. They're actually the strongest character in any movie, right? Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Gandalf, strongest characters in the movie who are helping other people win. Now, they're not out there bragging about themselves. They're not even talking a lot about their history. In fact, we usually don't know a ton of their history in a movie. All we know about them is that they are equipped to help the hero win because they've been where the hero has been and they've overcome the same obstacles. So when you're a thought leader or you're in business, when you talk about yourself And just make it all about kind of your insecurities or kind of shrink a little bit. You're making yourself the hero of the story and you're actually positioning yourself as weak, which means you're actually not able to help other people. But when you talk about yourself in a way that talks about how you've overcome the similar problems that the people in your audience or your customers have experienced, right? So if you say, look, say you're a thought leader on finance. And you stand up in front of an audience and you don't have to say, look, I'm really good at finance and all stuff. But if you get up in front of an audience and you say, hey, I used to be overwhelmed by finances as well. I get it. I was actually depressed. I was really struggling. What you're doing in that moment is you're beginning to position yourself as a guide to your audience with empathy. So when you say, I get it, I was like you, and then you say, but actually I was able to figure out a system where I was able to budget and invest in a way that actually has made me a millionaire in the past 10 years, and I want to share that with you. Mm -hmm. That's not bragging. That's positioning yourself as a guide to your audience or your customers. You're saying, I am like you. I've experienced what you've experienced, but I've also found a way forward, and I want to bring you along in that journey. Mm -hmm. And And so that's what the power is. One of our flagship, you know, probably most repeated quotes at Brand Builders Group is, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Yes, I and love it, that. It anchors exactly to what you're saying here is to go, 
you can be the guide if you actually are teaching people and selling people something that you know something about because you've been there. It automatically, like the default is you are the guide and it sets you up like in that position perfectly. And because everybody is the hero in their own story, they're looking for a way to overcome their problems. They're looking for a way to win the day. They're looking a way to move forward. And so again, going back to your initial question, when somebody says, what do you do? And you start fumbling and you start kind of trying to shrink a little bit and going, well, it's really complicated. Immediately in their brain, what they're doing is, oh, I'm not sure this person has really anything to help me move forward. Like not in, not a in subconscious a way. Or, yeah, but it's very subconscious. They're going, this person it is not going to help me move ahead. And quite frankly, they're not interesting. <laughs> and so you might go, oh, great. Nice to meet you. All right. Hey, I got to leave. I got to go get a drink. You know, like it's the conversation's over because the person being introduced is not making them curious about what they offer, curious about their product, curious about their thought leadership. And so the best way to answer that question, a very simple way to tell what I would argue is a short story is the way that you want to always answer the question, what do you do, really is three parts. I mentioned that overall stories, when you create good movies and stuff, there are seven parts. But to tell a short story, there are actually three parts to it. It's very formulaic. Right. In order to position your customer or your audience as the hero, what you want to do is the very first thing you want to do when somebody says, so what do you do? You don't answer that question. You start with a problem that they or your customers are experiencing. So if you asked me, just like, JJ, what do you do? I wouldn't say I work at StoryBrand. I would start by saying, so many businesses and thought leaders have a hard time explaining what it is that they do in a way that can actually make them a ton of money. So I just start that, like people have a hard time explaining what they do to like grow articulate their Articulate the problem. Articulate the problem. What you're doing in that moment is you're actually making the story about the person you're talking to, not about yourself. So you start with the problem. Then you come in as the guide and position yourself as a solution. So I've said, you know, a lot of thought leaders and businesses have a hard time explaining what they do. So they're actually missing out on a, on a lot of money. What we do at StoryBrand is come in and help people create a clear message using the elements of story. So now I've just positioned myself as a guide to you, the hero. And then I finish out the story with my customer success. So then I say, when people go through this, they're able to not only articulate what they do in a really powerful way, but they're able to actually help more people and grow their business. So it's the three elements are problem, solution, success. That's a short story. So I'll just put it all together. I would say so many thought leaders and businesses out there have a hard time explaining what they do to people in a way that makes them money. We help people clarify their marketing and their message by using a story framework so that then they ultimately have a clear way of explaining their value proposition can help more people and grow their business. Mm -hmm. Got it. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, 
please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So yeah, give us the seven points. I want to make sure that we at least hit a high level on them. I know you they go deep in the book and in the course yeah, yeah. and the training that you guys do, but like walk us through the seven parts. Cause and I want for you listening, these are the seven parts of a story, but then this is also like a checklist for like how you would write out the copy of describing whatever it is that you do. So all right, hit us, JJ. All right. So the seven elements of any good story are that in the first bit of the story right at the very beginning there is a hero and that hero wants something in a movie within the first nine minutes of a movie for the story to be good we have to know what that hero wants and we could probably all think of movies where we just could say oh yeah the hero wants this it should be very clear it should be very obvious and it should be really one thing Jason Bourne wants to know his identity, but he can't also open a cupcake shop and want to run a marathon and all these other things. It has to be one thing. Right. How that wants to get married, couple wants yes. to have kids, somebody wants yep. to be rich, well, someone wants to find their dad, you know, finding exactly. Nemo wants to find their parents. Like, uh-huh. Yep. Very, very clear. How that then applies to marketing is the principle is that companies need to, if you're positioning your customer as the hero, companies need to be able to clearly articulate what they offer. And it actually has to be one thing. It can't be 50 things. And that is what enters your customer into the story. So you have to be able to say, not just say like, I help people achieve a great life. No, no, no. What do you actually offer? And it needs to be clear. So you need to create talking points that articulate what you offer. Because that is really what your customer is looking for. The second element of any good story is that we know what the hero wants. A problem has to get in the way. The only way a story gets interesting is if the hero encounters a problem, right? It's like if Liam Neeson's daughter gets kidnapped for the eighth time and he gets that phone call that says, you know, I have your daughter. And then all of a sudden she hops on and goes, just kidding. It's a joke. Do you want to come over to Europe and we'll just go shopping and look at colleges? And then the rest of the movie is about that <laughs> very boring movie, right? We're not interested in it. The hook of the story that makes the story interesting is the problem. The bigger the problem, the more interesting the story. How that applies to our marketing is the only reason people are paying attention to your marketing or coming to you to buy a product or service is because you solve a problem for them. So you have to clearly articulate what problem your customers are experiencing. That is going to hook them in the marketing. These two pieces are the two biggest pieces when it comes to writing a good story and creating good marketing. If you don't articulate what you offer and you don't constantly talk about the problems your customers experience, then people won't pay attention to you. And if you can get those two things right in a movie and in marketing, you're going to do great. But the story keeps going and gets even more interesting. So then 
The element comes in that we've already talked about. The third principle of the story brand framework is that the hero meets a guide. Mm-hmm. They meet somebody who comes along and helps them win the day. Mr. Miyagi, and, here you come. Yes. Here you come. Daniel-san, Mr. Miyagi. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And so that say, we've already talked about this, but really the big paradigm shift in the story brand framework is you're not the hero of the story. You're the guide. So stop talking about yourself and talk about your customers' problems and talk about how you understand them. You have empathy for it and you have authority to fix it. You kind of give evidence that you've solved it for other people, testimonies, awards, things like that. Then the fourth element of a good story is that the guide gives the hero a plan. In every movie, I actually want to do like some dissertation research to see how many movies the phrase what's the plan or here's the plan appears. Mm. I bet. I mean, you, if you think about it, it's in every movie and it doesn't matter how complicated the plot is or how complicated the problem is. They'll go, but here's a plan, right? And what that does in a movie is show the audience that there is an easy and clear path forward for the hero to win, right? Even in Ocean's Eleven, they're going to rob the Bellagio. It's never been done before. It's impossible. And then they go, but here's the plan, right? <laughs> and then they follow the plan. Nice. The principle for that in marketing is you need to show your customers that there's a clear and easy way to do business with you. What are the three steps that you guide them through to either purchase your product or work with them? So it can be schedule a call, we create a plan, then we meet monthly to make sure that that happens. You know, something in lot your, you know, we do an intake session, you join a mastermind group, and then we meet one-on-one after that, right? We just have three steps to show them this is how you win the day. Then the fifth element in a good story is that after the hero gets the plan, there's a moment where they have to be called to action. They have to be either in or out. And so in a lot of movies, there is a ticking time bomb that is going to force the hero to act, right? Like it's going to go off in five minutes and they've got to be in or out. They've got to run towards it or run away. A tsunami's coming to destroy Los Angeles and they've got to get their daughter out of the city. You know, there's all of these kind of this countdown that says you need to act or there may be consequences. The principle for that in the marketing is we actually need to have clear calls to action in our marketing. Our heroes, our customers need to know exactly what they need to do in order to buy our product and service. There is a study that was done recently that said 70% of small businesses in America do not have a clear call to action on their website. People are losing money if your customers or your audience doesn't know what they're supposed to do next. If you're a thought leader and you're up on a stage, you better at the end of your talk have something that they're supposed to do that will connect them to your products and services. What's the next step they're supposed to take in order to work with you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's never really dawned on me the dynamic of the ticking bomb part of it, right? So there's a clear action But then, you know, obviously, like, you know, we do a lot of copywriting, like sales copywriting, like, to you know, how do you create a page that gets someone to pull out their credit card? And, you know, urgency is like a really big part is people always procrastinate. And I've never thought about that with like the connection to StoryBrand and the movies, how it's like, you know, he's about to get on an airplane and leave your life forever. Or, you know, you better ask her out on a date before she like gets on the train like that kind of a thing. So do you guys advocate kind of like deadlines and countdowns and that kind of stuff? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you allow people to delay action, it often becomes inaction. So I say that a lot. Delayed action usually is inaction. And so it's always in a movie, like you said, it's very clear. There's a moment, right? It's it's not kind of wishy-washy of what the hero is supposed to do. They have to go get the girl. They have to disarm the bomb. They have to hop in the helicopter. There's something that they have to do. All and the it's sports very, games very clear. Every, yes. have the built-in clock. like Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying, okay, so let's say Tom Cruise is running through the airport to disarm a bomb and all of a sudden he finds out it's going off in a month, well, there's no urgency for that action, right? <laughs> He's just like, what am I doing? I'm not going to sprain my ankle doing this. There's no urgency. So that's why there's so often like literally a ticking time bomb. So in calls to action, when you can create a sense of urgency in your emails and on even on your web pages or on your social media, then absolutely. But even almost, I would argue more important than that is most people, their calls to action are often like, well, if you want to learn more, or, it, or, you know, like, or, you know, hey, let me know if you have any questions. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What you're doing again in that moment is you're shrinking. And again, I'll remind everybody, you shrinking does not serve your customers or the world. <laughs> and so what you're saying when you're just like, well, you know, if you have any questions or blah, 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 what you're actually doing is saying, I'm not quite sure I believe in my product or what I'm willing to offer you. I don't believe that it's actually going to change your life or make a difference. And our customers subconsciously feel that. So be strong. Buy now. Schedule a call. Sign up. You know, any of those kind of things you need yeah. to be very and clear I think of it, you know, so like as a parent of two toddlers, I go, if my son is about to pick up a marble and put it in his mouth, I don't kind of politely say, hey, you should maybe not do that. Or like <laughs> I reach over and I smack it out of his hand like now. Right. And so mm-hmm. when you truly have that service centered mindset, there's urgency on your part to create urgency on their part. Yes. I think a lot of people miss that, especially the mission driven messengers. Cause it's like, I just want to help everybody. And I just want to encourage them. And it's like, yeah. And a part of that is giving them a freaking deadline. If you yes. don't give them a freaking deadline, they're not going to do your thing, which means they're not going to change their life, which means they're going to do exactly what they've been doing, which means they're going to continue to be a mess. So it's like a part of creating a service is giving people a deadline. That's what's going to change their life. Absolutely. Clarity is kindness and showing people where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to do is actually an act of service. So I would almost say literally, if you hear nothing out of this podcast, make sure that your calls to action are clear on your website, in your social media, and in all of your marketing. That is actually a gift to the people you serve. The last two elements of the story brand framework are what we call success and failure. These are what are really, in a good movie, the stakes in the story. And they've kind of been foreshadowed through the whole movie. We know what a happy ending looks like for a hero, and we're rooting for that. But we also know what tragedy can look like for them. That, you know, they're going to win the day, they're going to get the girl, they're going to hit the home run, or that actually they're going to strike out and everybody loses. They're going to miss out on the girl and she's going to marry his brother. You know, like we know pain we're trying to avoid and what success we're cheering for. And it's the same thing in marketing. You need to create talking points and value proposition around what your customer's life will look like once they do business with you. That's called success. So are they going to save time, save money? Are they going to be more confident? Are they going to be able to get ahead? 
what are the things they're actually going to be able to benefit from from your product or service? And we need to write those out and articulate those. But we also need to articulate what they're going to miss out on or what pain they're going to continue to experience if they don't work with us, that they're going to continue to be tired, they're going to continue to be overwhelmed. And that might get a little bit worse where they actually struggle with burnout, right? You can kind of forecast what can happen to them if they don't work with you. And mainly it's that their problems either are solved if they work with you or are not solved if they don't. And they either can get then a little bit better or a little bit worse. And those really are the seven elements of a good story and the seven elements of good marketing. So what we actually do is then teach people how to create talking points for all seven of those elements so that you can make sure that on your website, emails, when you're giving keynote addresses, when you're doing webinars, that everything you're talking about is very clear. It's positioning your customer as the hero, you as the guide, and showing how you can make their life better if you work with them by giving them a clear call to action. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, I mean, on that note, JJ, where should people go if they want to learn more about you guys and all things Story Brand and Donald Miller and like all the stuff you guys got going on? Yeah, we actually have a little gift for everybody who's listening is that you can actually go to storybrand.com slash brand script. And when you go to storybrand.com slash brand script, you're actually going to see what we call an online brand script where it has these different elements that I've just been talking about. And there are boxes to be able to start working on your own story, your company story, your entrepreneurial story to try to create talking points around those pieces. So there's actually like an online version of everything that I just talked about. So you can go there and practice creating your marketing and your messaging. And that's storybrand.com slash brand script. So cool. Yeah. So we'll link up in the show notes. And, you know, I guess just last thing, JJ, like if someone is starting out, you know, right now and they're hearing this and they're going, oh my gosh, like, you know, I struggle with articulating what I'm doing and, you know, like, I don't know, you know, I'm not a great writer, et cetera. I mean, you've given them some really great tools and stuff, but just kind of more like on the emotional side, you know, what's kind of the encouragement or the reminder that you would want that person to hear? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, for a long time, because I've been in marketing and public relations and things for a very long time. And the thing that I struggled most with was I never wanted to brag about myself. I never wanted to elevate myself. And much of that came from kind of a false humility, truthfully. (laughs) It was like, I was a little arrogant, but then I didn't want people to think I was arrogant. And so, you know, it was like almost like a false sense of humility. And so I didn't know how to talk about myself. And when I discovered the story brand framework and realized that actually I don't want to be the hero of my own story, I want to be a guide for other people to help them win their story, that changed everything for me. And it actually lifted a huge weight off of my shoulders and allowed me to talk about myself and the things that I do in a way that really serves others versus serving myself. And so if you're in that spot where you're like, I don't know how to do this. I feel weird talking about myself, getting on podcasts or getting up and giving speeches because it feels like, what do I have to say? Well, the first thing I would say is you have amazing things to say. A lot of times people think they don't have anything new to offer the world. And I'm telling you, you may not have a new idea, but you have a new way of telling it because 
you're the only person who's ever experienced what you've experienced. So stand in that authority that you have that you, there is only one you. And then the second thing is stop thinking about what you do and start thinking about the problems that you solve for other people. What pain are people experiencing? What problems are they experiencing? And what wisdom do you have or tools or tips or tricks do you have in your arsenal that can help them solve their problem? If you start just thinking in that way, the weight will come off your shoulders. You're going to get so much more excited about talking about what you do and selling your services because you are going to make the world a better place. People need you. They need your wisdom. They need your experience. And they need what you have in order to make their lives better and the lives of the people they serve. So Amen. think about that. And solve problems. Don't talk about yourself. Solve problems. Yeah. Amen, brother. Don't be the hero. Be the guide. Dr. JJ Peterson, thank you for coming and for sharing your wisdom, brother. We love you guys, and we always want the best for you guys. So keep kicking butt. Oh, thanks. Such an honor to be here. Love you guys, too. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 